Welcome to the OFR Farm Report, your look at the Atlanta Braves minor league system brought to you by OutfieldFlyRule.com, hosted by Andy Harris and Matt Kritzberg. Hey everybody, welcome to the OFR Farm Report podcast, where we occasionally talk about the 28th ranked farm system in all of baseball. We have been gone for a little over a month, and we apologize for that, uh, but as the great John Lennon once said, life is what happens to you when you're busy making other plans. Uh, speaking of other plans, with me as always, my co-host Matt Kritzberg, and a second-time grandfather. So congratulations, Matt. Well, thank you, and that was obviously one of the things between family additions, health issues, technical issues, everything else. It just, <laughs> it's been a time, but we're, we're back. Yeah, and at least one time when one of your co-hosts here may have just fallen asleep in front of the Braves game and didn't wake up in time to record the podcast. <laughs> we'll leave that one a mystery. Um, it was me. I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> that, that was the unexcusable one. Uh, the other ones, eh, we can live with. So since our last podcast, basically the Braves signed all their all but one of their uh, draft picks They've all, except with a couple of uh, exceptions, have made their debuts, and uh, a lot of them have actually already gotten to uh, uh, Augusta. And the number one draft pick, uh, Hurston Waldrop, has is now in Rome. So uh, that is a draft class that is moving rapidly. It's almost like they kind of gradually started showing up the FCL as a few players at a time. It seems like each week they keep adding one or two players to the mix from the the draft class or the unsigned free agents. But yeah, uh, Waldrop all the way up to Rome, got a few to Augusta, a few in the FCL. We'll see once the FCL season wraps up, if uh, get a few more that get the bump up to Augusta. Yeah. And so the uh, complex leagues, the FCL and the DSL actually uh, will uh, wrap up the regular season on Tuesday. So probably about the day that you're, that this is dropping. So the good news is the FCL Braves um, went on a big run here uh, since our last podcast, Matt. They they went seventeen and eight since we last uh, uh, broadcasted. So they are going to make the playoffs. It, it, depending on what happens on Tuesday, they will either win that their division or they will uh, be the wild card. Uh, so it's a it's a four team. Uh, round robin style playoff. So um, it seems unlikely at this point that any of the full season affiliates will make the, the playoffs at this point. Uh, so the FCL Braves may be the only Braves team uh, to go to postseason. Yeah, that's, uh, I think I'm kind of with you there. I don't think any other ones are going to be playing beyond the regular season. So uh, FCL, let's, let's uh, hope for the best there. And, it's definitely a team worth uh, keeping an eye on because they got some really good players on that team. Yeah, it's kind of funny. They started out really slow, um, and then it's like they got a shot in the arm with all the the new players from the draft and the uh, and the non drafted free agents, and it really gave them a push. And then most of them moved on to Augusta, <laughs> and it's it's like uh, the the old team. Right. They caught something like they uh, they were either inspired or maybe they went, oh, no, we've got to keep up or I don't know. I don't know what's going on down there. But, you know, the uh, the, the guys that have been there all season, like uh, Diego Benitez and Douglas Glow, Robert Gonzalez, 
all the all those hitters, they've started really kind of hitting out of their minds since uh you know they were briefly displaced and then and then got their jobs back. Yeah, and it also helps uh like Isaiah Drake. I mean, he started off really slowly. I mean, he's a mm-hmm. high schooler, so I mean he's not gonna get the bump to Augusta this season, I don't imagine, but I mean he has been on a tear ever since uh having a rough first what week or so of the FCL season. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's uh, it's been fun to see, and uh, hopefully those guys will have a deep playoff run. So, what else you want to talk about, Matt? You, you want you want to talk about Hurston Waldrop a little bit? Yeah, um, he's he, of course he started off at the FCL very briefly, then he got the bump up to Augusta, and I believe he only got one appearance at Augusta, and then yep. got the bump up from there, and he's been at Rome for a couple of appearances now. Uh, the numbers weren't super pretty like they're not hitting anything off of them, but I mean, it's obvious he's just working on stuff. I don't imagine he's going to get bumped up, bumped up from Rome. Um, seems like they're kind of really trying to limit him. Uh, last time out on Saturday, he went three and two thirds innings through 57 pitches. I think they're really just kind of trying to limit his uh, bullets at this point. So I think uh, Rome could very well be his first last stop of the season. And, and I think it's a pretty decent bet that he may open up next season at Mississippi. Yeah, I think you're right. Unless he, I mean, there's only he would only have three starts left if he stays in Rome. Four if he gets the bump to Mississippi this year. I I agree. I think it's unlikely that the, that'll be what happens. But boy, the Braves have been super aggressive with their promotions this year, anyway. So you know, I, I'm not, I'm not super confident on that. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe he finishes out the Rome season and Mississippi plays about what another week or so beyond that. Maybe he gets a. Uh, a cup of coffee in that last series of the season for the M Braves. So speaking of uh, aggressive promotions, um, there is a strong rumor from a reliable source that Owen Murphy may actually uh, be on his way to Rome, uh, the first rounder from 2022. And of course, Owen Murphy drafted out of high school. So obviously he's not going to move as quickly as Waldrop will, or presumably he won't move as quickly as Waldrop will, but um will join Waldrop in Rome this week. Um, if all goes to plan, um, he will start on Friday. He's been starting Friday all the time in uh, Augusta pretty much all season. And uh, fingers crossed, uh, I got tickets for that game. So I'm hoping oh. that uh, <laughs> that will uh, hold out here so I can see Owen Murphy again. I did see him in Augusta earlier this year, um, and I would – very much like to see him again. Um, maybe with a uh, with Rome, you can you can sit a lot closer, you know, get a better look uh, than Augusta. So um, hopefully that happens. Yeah, and he's still only nineteen years old. He'll turn twenty towards the end of September. Uh, he's got eighteen starts in for Augusta so far this season in seventy two innings. Where it's obvious that they're not going to push him from a inning standpoint. I guess him probably would get a couple of starts in at Rome to finish out the season and likely start next season there as well. So pretty good reward for a job well done this season. Yeah. Uh, he's had his ups and downs, obviously uh, started out like a house of fire, ran into some trouble kind of mid season as uh, you know, the league starts catching up with you. Um, he's learned to have uh, mix his pitches a little bit better. Um, uh, Nathan Strauss actually has a, a pretty good interview with him. Uh, that's uh, on MILB.com. Uh, Strauss is the, uh, is the uh, public relations and also uh, broadcaster for the Augusta Green Jackets. So um, uh, that's worth uh, taking a look at, uh, kind of uh, learning more about 
the person Owen Murphy, but also kind of how he's uh, faced adversity this year. So the last several weeks he's been pitching extremely well. And, uh, and this is, this will be a good test for him. Um, and like you said, uh, he'll probably be returning to Rome early next year. Yeah. And I, he'll get enough to get a couple more outings in. I, I mean, I, he, obviously he won't come in by 72 innings right now, by come in 80, 85 innings to finish out the season. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Rome's just simply the place to be this week because we also found out today that uh, Kyle Wright, long, long time uh, injured Atlanta Brave, uh, will be making a rehab start for Rome on Thursday. Yeah, was, uh, I mean, he was running out of runway as far as being able to get start getting some rehab in to possibly even be able to make the big squad at some point for the remainder of the season. And even then, he's going to need several um, outings. But it's kind of interesting. Of course, he's going to start Thursday, which would time me out if they try to get, use him every five days. That would put him Tuesday playing somewhere, which whether it would be Rome, possibly Mississippi. And then he could st- start the following Sunday also. So he'd get three starts in within uh, about a week and a half right towards the end of the month. So, I mean, that's a pretty good accelerated schedule if that's the way they choose to uh, bring him along. Yeah, and. And I know, you know, as in a night where Alan Winans unfortunately got kind of lit up. Well, I say lit up. He he gave up some some early dingers and then kind of got uh, he got dinked and dunked for a while. Dinked there. and dunked for a bunch of runs. Yeah, I think he ended up giving up seven runs tonight. So this is uh, you know on the heels of you know I I would consider a, a incomplete. I wouldn't call it a failure yet, but Yanni Chirino certainly didn't inspire anything in that fifth starter spot for Atlanta. Um, and then, you know, Michael Soroka was not able to hold on to the job either, you know, and then going back farther, you know, Jared Schuster, you know, also had the opportunity, AJ Smith Shaver had the opportunity. Nobody's been able to really grasp that fifth star spot. So you know, I think Braves nation turns their lonely eyes to Kyle Wright, but I, I think that might be putting a lot on him. I wouldn't be surprised if they kept Wright's innings and pitch count very low with the idea of maybe using him as a multi-inning reliever in the playoffs. Yeah, either that or just like a twice-through-the-order kind of guy. Maybe you see get in the playoffs, say if we can get four or five innings out of him, that might be kind of the cap. They're not looking to get seven innings out of him. Yeah, and, you know, that's a role that worked very well in 2021. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you got a, I mean, you already got a top three there of, of Freed, Strider, and Morton. You're just looking for somebody in that – Four spot, which you, I mean, you got Elder right there, but I mean, do you want to depend on him to make a playoff start? I mean, I'd rather have a healthier Kyle Wright if it comes to that. He would obviously be a better option there, but uh, we just have to wait and see how he does in these few rehab starts because uh, we haven't seen a pitch in quite some time. Yeah, it's funny with Elder. It's almost like it doesn't matter who he faces, right? It's not like it's like, oh, well, you know, some, some, uh, some teams are just better there. If his stuff is on, he probably can take just about anybody on. Uh, just because when he is on, he's just going to generate grounder after grounder after grounder, right? But if he's not on, anybody can really kind of hit him around a little bit. I mean, we saw that. I mean, Pittsburgh, you know, hit him harder than anybody this season. But he's made very, very, very good teams look foolish when his stuff is there. So, you know, Elder, it's it's a little bit of a roll of the dice. Yeah, and when, but you want to get to the playoffs, you want to minimize those rolls of the dice if at all possible. 
right? It's just I, I'm just not sure what we're going to get from Kyle Wright, even with even with him coming back from injury here. Just from a standpoint of you know, is his stuff still going to be there? Is is he really all the way healthy? We thought he was healthy earlier in the year, and and, and that shoulder acted up again, and, and just shoulders in general are just make you want to you know temper your expectations a little bit, I guess. Yeah, and after months of collecting dust i mean he's he's gonna have any kind of i mean obviously he could very well have command issues and not be on his a game and that could very well influence what's going on in the future too i mean they may go into the playoffs and decide okay we're gonna have three starters maybe four and a whole bunch of relievers and just throw up bullpen games and i know they're looking at dylan lee as a possible multi-inning option I and mean, they've got a lot of uh scenarios they're perusing right now i believe yeah, they'll have this thing wired up by the by the end of this. And fortunately, you know, they have the opportunity here to really kind of set things up. Uh, I think they're going to clinch very early, right? So, yeah, uh, for, for pretty much however they want to do it, they they won't be uh, subject to the dictates of uh, the end of the regular season like most other teams. Yeah, and although uh, Alan Winans' start tonight wasn't very successful, that adds another day off for every pitcher on the staff and then there's a off day on Thursday. So some of the pitchers will get an extra two days off before their next starts. And I think they're going to do a whole lot of that between now and the end of September. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, I hope this doesn't, I hope they don't abandon the Alan Winans project. I mean, the staff ace of Gwinnett probably deserves another chance at this. This was facing a Mets team for the second time in, you know, in, in a week. Right. And uh, in only his third major league start. So, um, I don't know if this was necessarily that fair of a of a test for him, and he looked he was very good in that first start against the Mets. Yeah, and I think that was part of it too. They wanted to see how he did against the team for the second time. I don't think they were trying to take the uh, Bryce Elder route from last season, where basically he's just uh, the designated Marlins Nationals pitcher. They, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think they wanted to see him against the team for the second time to see how it go. Obviously, it didn't go particularly well tonight, but. Uh, obviously, I think he's earned at least one more opportunity. And uh, obviously, with Torino's, I mean, he was on, placed on the injured list on, on Monday. But obviously, things weren't going well even before that. Even though he was, they were winning his games, but that was just get together put just untold amounts of run support behind him. But I, I just don't think. I, I think it's about Torino's. I think they're looking at towards next season with him to try to yeah. keep him around, keep him on the forty man roster, or give him a shot at spring training at one of those uh, back end rotation spots. Right. And this is a season that he, he's coming off Tommy John surgery. And I think that's kind of, everybody knows that first, first season back is you're, you're still trying to kind of feel your way back. Right. And speaking of, you know, setting him up for next season, I think the same is going to be true for Mike Soroka. Sorry, Michael Soroka reading between the lines of the, of what the uh, beat writers are putting out. It sounds, it sounds like they're, they're planning on winding Soroka's pitch count back down and letting him have a normal off season. And then uh, hopefully he will come back strong in spring training and uh, hopefully grab one of the uh, rotation spots that, that may be open. So I don't know if Soroka is going to be back in Atlanta this year. I think we're going to try to ride this thing out with, uh, with Winans and uh, maybe Smith Shaver getting a, giving a spot here and there. Chirinos maybe come coming back or or they might try him in the bullpen and then and then seeing what Kyle Wright can give you if anything but in the end fifth starter doesn't matter once the playoffs hit yeah and I think part of it too is uh they're not depending on Soroka for anything so why waste his bullets I mean he's a 
107 innings so far this season. The past mm. three seasons combined, he's tossed fewer than 40 innings. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, let's say 107 innings now and getting, and even during his last start, they pulled him at 73 pitches. And I mean, it was by design because they had a reliever ready to go and he'd been pitching fairly well during his start. Yeah. So I, I think that's, you probably won't see him go over 75 pitches the rest of the way. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was say 60 to 65 pitches. They might be going the opposite of how they build up pitchers at the beginning of the season. They may be going the opposite direction with Soroka here over the next few weeks. Yeah, I, I, I suspect you're correct. All right. One other thing I wanted to talk about with you before we uh, start talking about what's going on down on the affiliates. And that took place in Gwinnett when Drew Lugbauer finally moved on up. Well, we're moving on up. Moving on up. It's about time. We've been calling for that one for a while. I mean, he, he's earned the opportunity this season. Obviously, Lugbauer's got flaws in his game. I mean, he will strike out, and he will strike out a lot. But, I mean, he's, his WRC Plus at Mississippi this season was somewhere around 160. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, he's done everything that's been asked for him. And I think, if nothing else, this is a nice reward uh, for him to play out the last few weeks at Gwinnett. And then, I mean, he, even in his first week at Gwinnett, he's already gotten off to a pretty solid start there. Yeah. Now he had been banged up for like the last month or so too. And I wonder if that, that contributed to make it maybe him staying at Mississippi a little bit longer, but uh, yeah, this was, this was long deserved. Um, I thought Lugbauer would start the season in Gwinnett this year, despite all the strikeouts, uh, the guy walks a ton, the guy hits homers, you know, by the, by the bushel. He's, he plays a credible first base. I mean, he's, he's never going to confuse anybody, Don Mattingly or anything over there, but you know, he, he, he does, he catches what he, what he does and he's, he does fine. So, um, hopefully this, this means that he'll be back next year. I think he is scheduled for minor league free agency. He is. I I heard that on the uh, Mississippi Braves podcast the other day. They said there's a, there's a chance he won't be in the organization next year. So I'm assuming that means he's eligible for minor league free agency. Yeah. I really hope they bring him back. Um, if, if, you know, assuming he doesn't get a better offer somewhere else. Um, and he, and he's just that first baseman. In fact, I, I hope that they give some of these Mississippi guys a a chance and in, uh, Gwinnett they've, they've, put in the work at Mississippi and they've been there for a long time now. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm, you know, looking, looking at, you know, uh, Javier Valdez, who's been there a year and a half now, uh, Tyler Tolvey, not quite that long, but you know, similar, you know, there's, you know, some of the outfielders, uh, Luke Waddell, right. And these guys, these guys are going to walk away because you don't give them a chance. And there's, and obviously there's reasons you bring in, veterans, you know, for that triple A level because in case you need to to pull somebody up. But you can't tell me that, you know, uh Luke Waddell is going to be any worse than Ryan Goins as an emergency call up. Yeah, and, and they've got guys that they've had down there all season that obviously we're never going to see time with the big league club, even in case of like severe injuries. I mean, yeah, uh mm-hmm. the the quad A types, but yeah, um Luke Waddell, I mean, he's been down there basically uh, well over a full season at Mississippi when combined his tenures. He got a little bit of time at Gwinnett earlier this season. I mean, did more great, but he at least kind of held his own. So I think he's definitely earned himself another opportunity up there. Uh, but get like Cody Milligan, uh, Jesse Franklin could very well end up there next season. I mean, kind of yeah. mix it, mix in some of the younger guys with some of those 
quad A types to uh, get some fresh blood in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you, you'd see a rejuvenated stripers. Um, you know, now the stripers this year, they, you know, they had some youth there in the form of, uh, you know, Von Grissom was there most of the year, you know, uh, Shoemake was there most of the year. Um, you know, Justin Dean's been kind of up and down and of course the pitching staff, but for the most part, the, those position players were, were gray beards, right. You know, relatively not to the extent we are, but you know, in baseball terms. So having, having a younger Gwinnett stripers team, I think will be better on the field. will be better for morale in the, in the farm system. You know, the farm likes seeing guys get promoted. And yeah, I just, suspect a lot of people were very happy when Lopeauer finally got the push up. Yeah, that was all like all over the place. I mean, even like reasonably casual fans that aren't diehards like us that cover the minor league system were happy about Lugbauer's promotion. And another factor that would affect next season too is there's a lot of push up from Rome of players who will be looking to come up. Uh, David McCabe, uh, Nacho Alvarez, uh, Drake Baldwin. I mean, there's several players down there who are going to be ready for promotion to Mississippi by the beginning of next season. And they're going to need spots. So <laughs> let's create some spots for them. Yeah, exactly. All right. You ready to talk to the affiliates? Yeah. All right. going to go reverse of usual here just um i'll just change things up and also so we can talk about the fcl braves a little bit more uh but first um dsl braves um they um they're kind of finishing out the season they're, they weren't very good this year uh they're currently 15 and 36 on the season with one game left so they were not very good this year um a lot of it was their pitching um just um, when you obviously when you're dealing with 17, 18 year olds, you never know what you're going to get. And the Braves didn't get much there. Um, hitting was sporadic, um, kind of as a surprise. Probably the best hitter this year, Mario Baez, shortstop. We haven't really talked about. He kind of got hot shortly after um, our uh, unplanned hiatus there. Baez uh, kind of really caught fire um, over this last month. Ended up being a DSL Brave All Star. And uh, Luis Guanipa, who was the planned kind of uh, top international prospect, he's been okay, um, but uh, you know started out pretty strong and then kind of dipped in the middle. Uh, I, I think that as uh, as probably as uh, DSL pitchers, opposing pitchers started pitching him very carefully. Um, he's kind of come on; he's gotten on base a little bit more lately, uh, so he's still doing that, but kind of the the power speed combo we were hoping he would just kind of explode out of the DSL hasn't really happened. Well, that doesn't make him any less of a prospect. It just means he's, you know, 18 years old. As 18 year olds often do. <laughs> yeah, 17 actually. He turns 18 oh, in December, so <laughs> yeah, he's super young. So, um no no need for disappointment there just uh just it turned out that Baez turned out to be the the top hitter for the team this year instead of uh, Guanipa, which most people probably would have put their money on. Um, those guys will most of those guys will be in the FCL next year, and uh, we'll see if they get off to a hotter start than the previous squad did uh, this year for the FCL Braves. They're still kind of building up these international classes too. After 
being out of the mix for so long. They're getting a, a couple of high end guys each season and a, a lot of other guys. It's it's going to take time to get get it really back up again to where it was previously. Right. These relationships that that lead to these signings take are years and years in the making. You know, sometimes when those these players are still you know twelve, right? It's kind of ridiculous. It's um yeah, it's you don't flip a switch and suddenly you get all the prospects again. Yeah, because there's a lot of teams. They probably have a pretty good idea who they're going to sign in the international phase here three years from now. <laughs> right. The uh, FCL Braves, we talked about them a little bit. They, they clinched the playoff, uh, playoff spot. Uh, a couple of uh, new players made their debuts last week. Isaac Gallegos, uh, who is a uh, 15th rounder, and then LJ McDonough, who is a non-drafted free agent. They both made their debuts, um, so um, they did pretty well. McDonough making two appearances, uh, and uh, he gave up three unearned runs over two appearances, and Isaac Gallegos pitched a uh, scoreless inning. But uh, Diego Benitez, who's really struggled most of the year, over the last month, like I said, about about the time that the, uh, the new players kind of hit, he still stayed in the lineup, though he didn't play shortstop every day while they were there. He seemed to feed off the off the competition or maybe this having better hitters around him. But since July 20th, um, he's hit 300, 375 on base percentage and 433. And this last week he hit his first two home runs of the season. Obviously a guy we were expecting a little bit more power out of, uh, but he seems to be putting it all together here late. And then uh, you mentioned earlier, Isaiah Drake, um, he started hitting well the first couple Weeks again, kind of, uh, you know, didn't really have an impact early on if he went two for his first 25. But, uh, last two weeks now, uh, he's hitting 317, uh, 378, stealing base. He forced, stole four bases last week. So, uh, Drake turning it around a little bit. We'll see if he, uh, returns to the FCL next year or if he gets the bump to Augusta. But, uh, you know, one of the, one of only two prep stars that uh, were drafted by the Braves last year. So there would be a lot of attention on him. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised when they started so quickly in the FCL. I mean, almost immediately after they signed him, they threw him in the deep end of the pool and he kind of flailed around there for a bit, but he's learning how to swim and things are going pretty well for him. I, I think he'll get the, the call to Augusta um, beginning of next season. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Moving on to Augusta, it hasn't, it's not official, but their playoff chances that were already dwindling, basically they were KO'd this week by uh, Fredericksburg. Fredericksburg took five out of six uh, in Virginia. So they are down to 21 and 27 and 10 games back of Charleston with a bunch of teams in between them. So um, unfortunately, that seems to be it it for them. Uh, I guess they still have a mathematical chance, but. Very unlikely. Uh, we talked about Owen Murphy a little bit. Uh, another pitcher that's pitching really well down there for them, Giancarlo Laura, a 20-year-old. He was in the DSL last year, uh, pitched five scoreless innings last week, struck out nine. The previous week, he had thrown six scoreless innings, so he's actually on, has 11 consecutive scoreless innings pitched right now. Uh, since the beginning of August, he has a 176 ERA and struck out 20 in only 15 and a third inning. So 
uh, Giancarlo Slora live arm. Um, like a lot of these, a lot of these kids down there, you know, needs to work on his command, but I really like the stuff. Yeah. I'm impressed from what I've seen of them so far. Um, it's going to be fun to see what they choose to do with Laura uh, going into next season, whether they want to like kind of reinforce what he's been getting at Augusta uh, or do they want to give him a bump up to Rome. But I mean, he's, he's still pretty young, so it probably wouldn't hurt him either way. Yeah. And then um, the, uh, I mean, Augusta, since the last time we talked, Augusta's, you know, flipped over 50% of their, of their roster, just uh, bringing up the, the uh, new guys. And most of them have been, Playing pretty well as you expect. Uh, mostly collegiate players in their first case of low, first taste of low A ball. Um, outfielder Jace Grady, though, I want to point out though, had a really good week. Seven for nineteen, hit two homers uh, this past week. Now four of those hits came on in a blowout. The one game that they did win, they won like fifteen to seven. That was a uh, Owen Murphy start. Um, but um, all in all, um, pretty good start for all of those guys. But uh, Grady, at least so far, has, has uh, stood out the uh, 11th rounder pick. All right, moving on to Rome. Um, probably the team, I guess, next most likely to make the playoffs uh, would be Rome at this point, although they are they are teetering. Uh, they are twenty four and twenty four on this on the second half of the season. Uh, they are, you know, still behind Hickory, but they took four out of six at Hickory, which helped them out a lot. So they're going to go to Greensboro. They still have a chance at this thing. This week was powered by a kind of an unlikely source. One of your uh, fantasy picks, Stephen Paulini, went off this week. Um, went seven for fifteen, had three doubles, a triple, and two home runs, playing in only four starts. Um, that would be a one point two slugging percentage, and he won OFR Position Player of the Week. So, way to go, Stephen Paulini. Um, he's kind of been on tears since you know last last several weeks, um, but he really turned it up this last week. Yeah, he's kind of a guy that's kind of it's, – it's time to show what you got. I mean, he's been an uh, organization for several years now, and he's still kind of lingering at Rome, not getting a ton of playing time. So, yeah, this is, this is a, probably a good thing for him to kind of uh, jumpstart the end of his season so we could get a pretty good assignment or at least get a starting berth somewhere at the beginning of next season. Yeah. And then uh, Drake Baldwin, he's been on fire basically since uh, July uh, at the plate, and he uh, went six for fourteen with a home run. Since July one, he's hit three twenty four, four sixty on base percentage, uh, and a five fifty slugging. So um, Baldwin, at least with the bat, um, looks like he's about ready to advance uh, behind the plate. I'll tell you that um, you know he's not he's not a, a butcher or anything, but he's I think he's very, very, very average. Um, as you know, as far as, uh, blocking framing, he's probably a better framer than a blocker. Uh, footwork's a little, a little iffy, pretty good arm. Uh, but, um, he's probably more, um, he's more Javier Valdez than, than Tyler Tolvi, I guess is how I would describe it. Maybe. Yeah. More, more the offensive side of things. (laughs) Yeah, def- definitely, definitely. At least at this point, more of a hitter than a than a receiver. But you know, he's an A ball. There's a lot, a lot of room for development there. We've seen a lot of catchers uh, really develop at the Mississippi level, which is where I suspect he'll start next year. 
Yeah, because right now there's a pretty good glut of catchers in the organization. I imagine there's going to be some movement there during the offseason. Yeah, well, again, kind of talking about, you know, moving guys up to Gwinnett, it would be great if Tolve and Valdez moved up together to Gwinnett last, next year, you know, put in a veteran catcher with them and, you know, and rotate them between DH and, and catcher, you know, and, and have that veteran catcher be on the 40 man. So in, in case of an emergency, but it's time to play these guys. Cause this season at Gwinnett, I mean, it's been Trump getting most of the playing time with the scattered appearances here and there from like Clementina and Arden Pabst and those kind of guys. And uh, with uh, Joe Hudson, I believe is there now. So, I mean, it's right. Let's get some prospects in there. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. You want to hit Mississippi? All right. Mississippi, uh, it's the dog days of summer, uh, super hot in Mississippi that at home last week, uh, they had a couple of games where it was 102, 103 degrees at game time. Uh, it's just absolutely miserable experience to be out there these days, uh, at least to be in the stands. I'm not sure about being on the field, but, uh, they didn't have a, a great season. I mean, I'm sorry, great series, uh, dropped five out of six to the Bloxy Shuckers, uh, with just, uh, one win this week. Now down to 17 and 27 for the second half and then last place. Uh, things aren't great, but, uh, they had a few highlights this week. Uh, Alan Renhell, who's had a really, really rough season. Uh, he is, is, he's got about an ERA of around five, but his record is two and 14 this season. <laughs> <laughs> um, he got the book in starts this week. It did really well in both of them uh, and got him OFR pitcher of the week honors, uh, gave up one run over five innings in his first start and uh, one run over six innings in the second start and somehow lost both games uh, just due to a complete and total lack of offense from Mississippi this week. Uh, they only scored 11 runs in six games and didn't score more than three runs in any game uh, this week. Uh, Domingo Robles had a really good uh, start and he got the lone victory of the week. Uh, he had, uh, on uh, Saturday, he pitched five scoreless innings, gave up just one hit. A uh, couple of uh, relievers uh, of note, um, Hayden Harris has been really good ever since his promotion from Rome. Uh, pitched another two and third, two and a third innings, struck out five. And he's striking out roughly 14 batters per nine innings uh, with an ERA of around two and a half. Uh, he's a guy uh, you want to keep on, uh, keep an eye on here towards the end of the season, possibly going into next season. Offensively, like I mentioned, though, with 11 runs scored for the week, there's not really exactly a lot of heroes out there this week. But uh, Jesse Franklin has a 29-game uh, on-base streak, but he's kind of getting there doing the minimum. He, had, he went four for 20 and one the weekend with three walks, and it was enough to get him that uh, that streak extended. Uh, Luke Waddell, though, he's he's done well and has all season long. Uh, nine for 22 with a four-hit game. Uh, Sunday, they only got four hits, and he got all four hits. <laughs> And uh, at an OPS of 980 for the week and is over 800 OPS for the season and putting himself up line. He, he's going to deserve a promotion, if not before the end of the season, then definitely next season to Gwinnett. Looking at Gwinnett, um, mixed results from their rotation this week. They've kind of got a pretty solid starting rotation down there now. They're not having to uh, rely on the uh, likes of uh, Justice Sheffield and Nick Margaviches and guys like that that they've been kind of uh, hoping to get some results from over. But they got uh, A.J. Smith-Shaver, Darius Vines, uh, Michael Soroka, Jared Schuster, 
Dylan Dodd in their rotation as well. And even before this week, they had uh, Alan Winans in there as well. They got good results this week. Uh, Smith Schauber did okay, three runs over five innings. Darius Vines, and he's done very well ever since he got back up to Gwinnett after recovering from his shoulder injury earlier in the season. Uh, gave up seven, um, no, uh, struck out seven over five and two thirds innings. Uh, gave up just two earned runs, and during that particular evening, he struck. He had the most swing and misses of anyone in AAA. Uh, that evening he had 24 swing and misses over five and two thirds innings. So it was really nice. And I think he's going to work himself into possible contention for a fifth star spot next season, or at least be in the mix to be one of these up down guys who gets a few spot starts here and there next season. Soroka um, mentioned earlier, they they look like they're kind of winding down his pitch count. He, he was pitching pretty well. He gave up two runs over four and two thirds innings on Saturday, struck it, struck out nine, didn't walk anyone, but, uh, once he got to about 70 to 75 pitches, they uh, yanked him pretty quickly. Didn't even let him finish out the inning. So I think they're on a pretty hard count with him at this point. And I think that's the way they're going to roll with him at the uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, Schuster and Dodd just kind of the same thing all season. They had neither one had a particularly good season for Gwinnett, and that just kind of continued this week. Um, one guy had an interesting start, uh, Jackson Stevens. I know most people have forgotten he even existed. <laughs> I mean, he had, did really good in the uh, Michael Tonkin role last season for uh, the big club, but uh, he's been hurt a good chunk of this season. But uh, he had a spot start and uh, threw three scoreless innings to open up the game. He won't get any time in Atlanta this season, but it's uh, nice to see him make that bit of a comeback and possibly see him as AAA depth going into next season. And the uh, bullpen, Dylan Lee, uh, it's mentioned that he's been down there. They're possibly trying to stretch him out, but uh, he had three appearances this season. He didn't go more than ending in a third inning appearance. Uh, in two of the appearances, he went just one inning in the third. He went uh, inning in a third, and he got hammered pretty well in uh, two of those outings. In one of them, he gave up two home runs, and another one he gave up two runs and another home run. So in three and a third innings, five runs, three home runs. So not a great week for Dylan Lee, but uh, that just could be a – Flip on the radar, and hopefully he'll have a better week next week. Ben Heller optioned out from Atlanta, mainly because he was the only guy who had options left in Atlanta. Um, he's he's had a bit of a rough stretch at Gwinnett, but uh, he kind of uh, turned the ship around a little bit this week. He had three scoreless innings, struck out seven, and didn't walk anybody. So uh, pretty nice uh, way to pick himself off of the mat and uh, move forward for Mr. Ben Heller. Yeah, I, I predicted – you know, I think last week that the our the Braves two September call ups would be uh, hot young prospects Dylan Lee and Ozzy Albies. It now looks like maybe Albies will be ready to come off the IL when he's eligible, which I which I believe is Friday. Um, the reports on him have been very strong, and they've said he, he's probably not going to need a rehab assignment or anything, and he's doing running drills and all that. So. It, it seemed like maybe them putting him on the IL was more of a precaution anyway, and it took them a while to decide to do that. So uh, it looks like he'll be back soon. I still think Dylan Dodd will probably be up September 1. And then uh, I don't know who the other one will be. Maybe Ben Heller. Yeah. That, that, well, I mean, now I get the one pitcher. So I think at some point they're going to add a sixth start to starter. I just don't know. At what point, I mean, do they bring up somebody and then wait for Carl Wright? I mean, then you got Jesse Chavez that's in the mix there somewhere. You got Nick Anderson that could come back sometime in September. So there's there's a lot of different ways you could go. I think the, the IL is basically a taxi squad for the Braves right now with the handful of pitchers they got on there who are major league capable and basically ready to come back. Yeah. yeah I, I doubt Wright will be ready on September 1. 
No. <laughs> but wouldn't it be fun if it was something like uh, Darius Vines or something like that? Just you know, Yeah, I mean, he's, like, I mean, they've already used his option for the season. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I also made predictions for Arizona Fall League, which I, I assume we're going to get uh, Arizona Fall League's roster, I'm guessing, this week at some point, maybe next week. Um, but, uh, you know, Darius Vines was, was my uh, – one of my picks for that just cause I figured they'd want to get him more innings cause he, he missed so much of the season, but they could also accomplish that by bringing him up to Atlanta and seeing what he can do. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously if Kyle Wright's not going to be raised September 1st, bring up Vine September 1st, get him get a couple of starts in that you can option him out and bring Wright back into the mix. Yeah. It's a thought. Or, or maybe he pitches really well and you have another reliever option for the playoffs. Yeah, because, I mean, unlike uh, Jared Schuster or Dylan Dodd, I think Darius Vine stuff would play up in relief. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Schuster and Dodd, they're going to be starters or they're not going to be anything. Right. But yeah. Vines has Vines has more roads open to him if he stays healthy. Oh, yeah, definitely so. Looking at the uh, offense for Gwinnett, a couple of um, notes here. Drug, Drew Lugbauer, as we mentioned earlier, had a really good week. Uh, went eight for 27. Uh had a double, two home runs, seven RBI, had a two ninety six batting average and eight fifty two OPS. I mean, that's just his first week. Uh, but, of course, in Drew Logbauer fashion, I mean, he usually walks some but didn't walk at all this week, and he struck out 13 times in 27 plate appearances, which uh, by my math is pretty close to 50%. <laughs> so welcome to the drug log- Drew Logbauer experience, Gwinnett fans. Yeah, keeps the uh, keeps the air circulating. It's good. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Aguilar. Um, a possible addition um, for that position player spot September 1st, but who knows? Uh, he's, he's produced fairly well at Gwinnett, um, seven for 13, a double, a home run, five walks, and three RBI, and had an OPS of over 1,500 for the week. Uh, so he, Unfortunately, I think the thing that would keep him off the September roster is he can't play much of it. I mean, he barely plays first base, and he DHs, and that's about it. And that's You want a, a guy for that extra spot that can help at least uh, once they clinch, be able to give players some rest and move around the field. And he is not that guy. I, I suppose they may want to bring him up if they're thinking about postseason roster there. Obviously you only, you, you don't need as big a pitching staff and you can carry an extra pinch hitter, you know, an Aguilar wouldn't be a bad option for that, I guess. Um, I don't know what the status of Sam Hilliard is. He's been on the IL for, for a little while now at, and did, I think he went on a, a rehab assignment, but I actually haven't seen him play any. Well, he, he he went on a rehab assignment, played, I think, three games for Gwinnett, and then got taken off the rehab assignment saying he re-injured his heel. Oh, okay. So I, I missed that part. Yeah, so he's he's back in, on injured status. I wouldn't be surprised to see Hilliard move to the 60-day IL at some point to make room for one of these other pitchers because they're going to need some 40-man spots, and there is absolutely nothing available right now. Right. Yeah, you know, especially if if Wright comes back and and Dylan Lee too, right? He's on the sixty day. Yeah, and then uh, in the case of um, Hilliard, he really wasn't doing a whole lot for the big club even before he went on the IL. I mean, he had that little bit of a two week tear earlier in the season when he replaced mm-hmm. Michael Harris when he went on the IL. I mean, he can he can field and he can run, but that's they got guys who can do that already. So I think they're looking at possibly. I mean, they, they optioned out for Wall last week, and but I think they're that's really to give him some playing time because he just was not getting any time in Atlanta. And he went on a tear this week and uh, OPS close to 1,100 this week and stole three bases and set the Gwinnett franchise record with his 47th stolen base of the season. Yeah, well, we had a lot to catch up on, there, on so we're a little bit, a little bit long this week, but uh, 
it was good being back here with y'all and it's good being back here with you matt we're off the aisle we're getting our reps in we're getting ready for the postseason that's right all right hope everyone has a great week have a good one no Le bien qu'on m'a fait, ni le mal, tout ça m'est bien égal. Non, rien de rien. Non, je ne regrette rien. C'est payé. Chagrin, mes plaisirs, je n'ai plus besoin de balayer les amours avec leur trémolo, balayer pour toujours, je repars à zéro. Rien, ni le bien.